0: let's pray father thank you for this wonderful day oh it's blessed you're here thank you and we ask you each one of these that have been mentioned heal them strengthen them protect us O lord and guide us into all truth bless your holy name we ask you today and thank you that you're doing great and mighty things here and we know there are greater things you want to do and so we just yield our lives to you and dear god you continue on and the blessing that you are here at Lighthouse Fellowship, dear God. We can't do it without you. There's Nothing we can do without you, any eternal uh, consequence. But, Dear God, with you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I pray your healing. Speak that healing and speak strength into the people's lives in this place. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 62. How do we respond when the enemy attacks? We've talked about this before, but I want to share with it because we're in a war. And I talk a lot about spiritual warfare simply because obviously the, the whole dynamic of that is, is obviously our relationship with Jesus Christ and drawing closer to Jesus. We closed the message last week with the statement that God was offering an invitation for us to join him. There's a stirring in people's hearts. There's a stirring in young people's hearts. There's a stirring in those who've been away from the church and God's spirit is working. And yet, when we know we walk with the Lord, that we will have uh, opposition. The enemy comes against us. David was a a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And he actually had been anointed to be the king there. Uh, And yet, uh, we see he came up against some real adverse things. Because when you are attacked by the enemy, it's imperative that you take the proper steps to address the proper enemy. Realize that we are in a war and we have a, a scheming adversary. His name is Satan in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He, he, we need to be ready to respond. And this particular psalm is written during this particular time because David is enduring a revolt. And actually his own son, Absalom, is actually seeking to forcefully take David down from his from his throne, and he's, he's wanting to take his father's place. This is family situation, and it's horrible. You know, when your family somehow, maybe they strike out against you how horrible that is, or maybe that you were raised in a, an atmosphere where there wasn't the nurturing love that we know God desires to have to provide in the family, or maybe you just felt rejected. You didn't feel a part of anything. Well, David is being rejected here by his son, And it's outright warfare against him to take him down from his throne in a position that God has already put him in. And so it's horrible and spiritual. He's being attacked. The enemy uses people to attack you in different ways. So how could David be so positive in a situation like this? And we want to look at that today because we want to look at it in the same way when we're attacked, how we are to respond because each of us face certain situations. We face adversity. So we'll look at the first seven verses of Psalm 62. Read along with me. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be... You you shall be slain, all of you. Life uh, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. And he only is my rock and my salvation He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. If you've ever been there and been in a situation where your finances are falling apart or maybe your school life is falling apart, maybe your grades are not what you would like them to be, maybe whatever the situation is, you're challenged on all fronts could be an attack that the enemy is trying to do to get you discouraged. He is the author of discouragement. And so David was hitting discouragement because his own family was coming against him. And he'd been exalted as king there. And yet David walked humbly before the Lord and he saw the deliverance of the Lord. And I want to show you how that happens in your life and my life. When we face uncertain times, and we're in uncertain times, I believe, even to this day, right now, that Jesus could come back and rapture the church out, even in the next, I mean, he could do that right now. I believe things are in place. I don't know the time, because we know that, but I do believe that things are in place. The more I read, the more I study, the more I pray, I believe that Jesus could come back at any time. Now, this is just my opinion, and everybody has an opinion of this, but I have certain thoughts about it that I believe that possibly the Antichrist has already been born, that he may be younger, but I believe that he is already somewhere on the scene. I believe that to be so. I don't know. Just a conviction that I have. Biblically, this is extra-biblical. I don't know. But I believe in my heart that he has already been born, and he is out there. So we as a church need to be prepared, and the reason why I talk about this a lot is that you and I need to be prepared. We need to know Jesus intimately, first of all. We need to read his word. We need to pray. We need to come to church. We need to study together. We need to get together and do these things. David did something, though, I want to share with you that I believe is so important. First of all, the first thing he did was he waited patiently. In verse 3, How long will you imagine mischief against a man? He shall be slain, all of you, as a, a bowing wall shall be. And as a tottering fence, they only consult to cast him down from his excellently. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. David said many things were coming against him. There were people that thanked him and praised him to his face, and then they stabbed him in the back. You know people today, that, you know, I've been in a situation where I was hurt, where people, you know, said lies about about me, and, and it hurts terribly. But, you know, I, and your first thought is, well, you want to retaliate. You want to... You want to kind of seek revenge a little bit, anyway. We'd never use that word because we we're Christians and so forth. But we want to. We want to fight back. And David didn't do that at all. And even as we go through these passages and look over in Second Samuel chapter sixteen, it talks about you know how people were coming against him and people were throwing stones at him, and he, they, he was walking in into town with with a, a cape, kind of a cloth over his head. and He was barefoot. He was very humble and all. And they were cursing him and throwing stones at him. Now, here was the king. He was getting ready to be anointed soon as Saul was moved out of the way. And yet, he had an uprising against him trying to tear him down from his throne. And so when everything falls apart, your finances, your job, your health, your family, and it could be the enemy is attacking you, trying to get you discouraged, to get you off course from what God would have you to be. You know, what, what Satan tells you and I, when we begin to sort of move into that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, and something bad happens, or maybe it doesn't work out the way that we think that we sh- it should be, as Satan whispers, he goes, you know, you just need to give up on this. All this stuff is a big fairy tale, anyway. All this is a myth. God's not going to help you. First of all, God doesn't love you. He's abandoned you. He begins to whisper these things. He begins to attack and attack, and, and when you get down, it seems like that he, he wants to just kick you. The same way with people today. Sometimes it seems like when one person speaks bad against you, and maybe something goes wrong in life, it seems like here comes another thing. When it rains, it pours, and so forth. And, and God, what David was having that particular experience, he was, everything was collapsing around him. He was trying to bring David down and discouragement is from the devil. It's not from God. God always, he will encourage you. So how is it that we wait patiently when the enemy attacks and when trouble comes into your life? You can wait patiently because the Lord is your provider. In verse one, truly my soul waiteth upon the Lord. From him cometh my salvation. He was God's chosen man and he provides for us. We've seen here today testifying and we took a little longer here in our our time of prayer and and praise, is that He is the one provides for us if we'll learn to wait upon the Lord. If we'll learn to not speak and open our mouth and insert foot. So often that's what we do. We begin to speak out before we've really prayed through it and thought through it, and God will deliver us because He is our provider. He will provide for us always. They were coming against Him and they were cursing him and i'll say this and you know sometimes you know i've been around uh, people who curse and i mean you know sometimes on tv you see it because they have they go beep 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 on the radio they've cursed and, i mean every other word is a curse word anytime you curse somebody actually what's happening is you're cursing yourself you're placing a curse upon yourself when that happens don't curse my mama would say, if you curse, boy, I'll take and wash your mouth out with soap. Y'all ever hear that? Or did it happen to you? You don't have to confess here today. We're much too old for that, right? She'd take and wash my mouth out because, you know, I was around people that cursed, worked on a farm, and they cursed and all that stuff. Mama said, I'm going to take you in there and take that soap, and she'd do it too. When my mama said something, she followed up with exactly what. It wasn't a bargaining thing at that point. You got your mouth washed out. And when you do that, though, it's real serious. We place a curse upon ourselves when that ha- takes place. And this is what was happening with David. But David waited patiently. The second thing is, is that he, we wait patiently because the Lord is our protector. He protects us. I bet each one of us could see how God, really, if we had our eyes open, to see how God protected you this past week. Some people that work over here in the plants and so forth, it's a dangerous place. And they have the safety committees, they have the safety things, and the, the risk mani- management and all this other stuff that goes on. is so dangerous in those places, and you never know what will happen. But when you're out here on the freeway, you never know when somebody's going to cut you off. You never know. God is our protector, and David knew that. And so he waited on the Lord. He didn't talk about it. He didn't get around and gossip about it. He didn't begin to just yabber and, and jab about it and all. He waited on the Lord. Yeah, I guarantee you he prayed, didn't he? But the other thing he did was he did walk prayerfully. He walked prayerfully. He was expecting from the Lord. He knew God would be his deliverer. Many times attacks from our enemy will draw us closer to the Lord because we know that God's got a plan. You know what's happening with me too on this? I, I want to share this is that I think our natural bent is sort of, uh, it's not necessarily downright pessimistic, although it can be. And it's not downright negative, but yet it can be. The old nature's still there within us to be negative and pessimistic and kind of a grumpy and all this stuff. What's (laughs) happening with me is, and sometimes when I begin to move in that direction of being like a little pessimistic and going, this will never happen, this will never happen. The Lord is is immediately taking and putting a check in my spirit and saying, don't go there. Don't say it. And I'll come right on back. I'll come right back to where God... God is doing that by His Spirit if you want Him to be. Because I'll tell you right now, the devil loves negative people. Want to be negative? We have every right to be positive. We have the inheritance from the king. And one day we will see that fullness of that inheritance that we have as we live for the Lord each and every day. But David walked prayerfully. He waited and he, he, sometimes we feel alone and we talked about it, that God is always with us. He's with us right now. He is in this place right now. Sometimes he manifests his presence in ways and touches us and we go, wow, I didn't know. Surely God is in this place and I didn't even know it. Remember what happened to Jacob? And yet we know as we walk prayerfully, pray, wait and pray before you begin to step out and you begin to gripe and complain or maybe speak against somebody. Let pray about it. Maybe somebody said something to you. You know, one thing, too, the enemy will do in the church. I'll be real honest and candid. Different people have, have left the church because certain words were spoken to them. And they took it and began to mull it over and it grew and bitterness grew and, and they, they, they left the church and came back and said, I don't want to be around those people. Because they spoke, they said this to me and the person that said it may not even have meant, meant it the way that it was actually understood to be. The enemy will do anything to get you out of relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. And unless you wait patiently, unless you walk prayerfully like David did, he will attack and kick you when you're down because everything will break loose. And sometimes we'll start blaming God for it. Satan wants you to hate God because he hates God. And we know what's going on. We know our strategy. We know what's going to happen. And I say all of this again because I believe we are moving into a time where the church is going to be more fully persecuted than what it has been. We're seeing a deterioration of the fabric of our society. I want to tell you today, and I always preach on it, first of all, abortion. The killing of babies in the womb. And sometimes people say, well, it's just a fetus. And no, at the point of conception, it is a life at that particular point, a life planned by God, that God wants to come forth and bear the fruit and the fullness there, okay? The second thing is, I never thought that I would ever have To go into discussion of what bathroom that I could go in. In your lifetime, too, that's why you're chuckling. You never thought that we would be discussing that a man could go into a woman's bathroom or go into a teenage girl's locker room and shower with them. It's a disgust and a disgrace in God's sight. And that's the enemy. It's the enemy. And they're still up there, and I'm thinking, why are we even talking about this? It's straight from the pit of hell to have this type of stuff going on in our country today. And so I want to tell you, the church, and its move towards righteousness and walking in what God desires, it will be challenged by the enemy. Trust me, we are being challenged. I saw on TV yesterday morning that atheists are protesting... The Bible study that's taking place in the White House on a regular basis. Atheists do not want a Bible study to take place in the White House. They don't want prayer. They don't want the ministers laying hands on Trump or anybody else praying for him because they want to eradicate any type of good and righteousness out, especially dealing with Jesus, out of this country. We are in a war, folks. It's a disgrace. People are standing up and saying enough is enough. And you and I have to take a stand on these things today. Because if we don't speak, let me tell you, the other side will speak. And we're not against people. I love people. But what they're believing is a lie. And Satan is propagating that on a regular basis. And you and I have to stand and take a stand. But David also, listen to this, he worshiped passionately. If we're honest, it's sometimes easier to worship worship on the mountaintop than it is in the valley. David worshiped the Lord. He praised the Lord during the enemy's attack. And it may not be easy for us, but we praise God, don't we? He worshiped passionately. Wednesday night, there was a passionate worship service going on. I'll tell you about it. I've told you all what happened. We met a man over here in Dickinson and I felt like the Lord was putting us together possibly for the churches to come together because I believe he's breaking down racial walls. This is a black church in Dickinson right off of 646. And the Lord kept prompting me to move out and say, get a hold of pastor and get a hold of whoever and let's plan to begin to develop a relationship together. And so we did. And Jerry and I went over and met with the pastor and a couple of the members of his church had a wonderful time, a blessing, and lunch time. And I felt we felt a real connection, a bond. And so I said, "Lord, how do you want? To, what do you want to do?" And I felt like He had said, "Well, we have corporate prayer on the first Wednesday night of the month. Uh, if you know, that may be an opportunity." I caught that, and I said, "Our Wednesday night group." I said, "How about?" And I asked our Wednesday night group, "I said." Would y'all like to go over there on Wednesday night and, and be a part of their service? And everybody said, yeah, we'll, we'll go. And so we got in the van and we went over there anticipating great things. Walked in that church and felt the love of, the, of Jesus all over, hugging and blessings all over the place. And they began their prayer service. And the deacons came up front. And, and let me just say now, I'm not saying... We have an identity here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and Greater Mount Carmel does also. So I'm not trying to take somebody else's identity. Don't get me wrong about what I'm saying. But the way they do it, the way they do it, their deacons came and sat on the front pew. And as Pastor Milton began to pray, he began to let out and pray. They began to worship. Got a, a, a small choir up there, and they began to worship and praise the Lord. They've got an organ, a keyboard, and drums, and uh, a and, uh, bass guitar. And it began to play and praise, and we began to worship. And, and then they would stop, and then a deacon would get up with the microphone and pray. And he would pray. And then he'd sit down, and they'd worship again. And we worshiped the Lord. Oh, it was some delightful worship, all right? I mean, yeah, very lively, all right? Very lively. And, uh, <laughs> and then they'd come back, and the next deacon would pray, get up and pray. And all of the men of the church prayed. And do you know one theme that I saw, and we've been speaking of it here, and Darcy and Jeremiah spoke of it earlier, the theme of these men that prayed, their prayers were thanksgiving. They thanked God about everything, and they thanked God. It wasn't about them. They were praising God and thanking God, and it went right on through about eight or eight men or whatever. And it was a worship service along with the prayer meeting because they're beginning, they're going to break ground for a new sanctuary right beside them here and we need to pray for them. They're, the name of the church is Greater Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Dickinson. Be in prayer for them and ask God to guide them. And so they we worship passionately. We worship. You know, you can worship passionately by sitting quietly and being still and your place in the morning when you seek the Lord. Or you can come in this place, or get in your car, and you can praise God openly ever how worship happens in different ways. It's from the heart. It's not necessarily particular methodology. It is worship before the king. But David, worship passionately. And that's what I long in my life too. And I ask God for it. I ask that I don't obviously sort of go through life because I've been saved for years and so forth that I forget about the excitement of my salvation and how great my God is. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That we worship passionately. That we love God with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And we love our neighbor, our neighbor as ourselves. The pastor asked me to come forward. And I shared some thoughts. And And here we are, you know, and and I don't like to really, to be honest with you, not talking about color, because I'm not blind. I can see one person's color versus another. But as far as how you see people, but I made this statement. I said, this is unheard of, isn't it? And everybody said, yeah, yeah, here we are. We got a group of white people here and mixed in come in to worship with predominantly black church. It's unheard of. God is doing something. God is breaking down walls. God is bringing the body of Christ together so He can pour His Spirit out. He's not coming back for a separated church. He's coming back for a united church in power and unity. I want to tell you, God's doing that today. And that's what excites my soul because I love my brothers and sisters when they don't look like me. I love those that don't praise and worship like me. I love those who worship and praise and preach and don't preach like me, let me tell you. You see, that's what God is up to today. And He's bringing it together so that we can come together as the body of Christ in preparation for His soon return. He's not coming back for us saying, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that and all that stuff. He's looking for a church that's looking up and being watchful because our redemption is getting ready to draw near. That's what God is saying. David worshiped passionately, didn't he? And he worshiped with all of his heart. In ending, how do we overcome the evil one? Through worship. It can be quiet still. It can be in that moment before the Lord. You know, God is sovereign, and He can touch you, and He can come in your life. At times, me and another guy were talking yesterday, and and he was telling me, he said, you know, there are three significant times in my life that I really sensed the Lord and His presence. One time, he said, I wasn't even seeking Him. I wasn't even asking Him about this and that. I wasn't. God just just touched me and overwhelmed my soul by His presence. And then he talked about, and another time it was in a really uplifting service and God touched him in that time. And another time in the stillness of the moment, God touched him. You see today, we overcome our adversary by worship. And why is he our adversary? Is because he's an enemy of the truth. He hates truth. He's a father of all lies. Sixty percent of Christians today don't believe in the devil. Don't believe there is a devil. Don't believe him. We have that authority. He's an enemy of truth. And before we were saved, the devil was your master. And after you're saved, the devil is your adversary. And faith in God's word makes us safe. Why do we build our lives on sand instead of the rock? It's because it's popular. Because it's comfortable. And because we conform to the world. God said, if you love the world, He said, I'm I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You know what my prayer was this morning? I said, Lord, get the world out of me. I like things too. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But get the world out of me and fill me with Jesus. The enemy is our adversary. And he's the enemy of the truth. And the devil does love people who are negative. And we need to take authority over Satan and tell him, no, get behind me. In total commitment to the Word of God. We need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know, these things, these thoughts come. We are in a war. None of us are exempt. We are in on the battlefields. If you want to live for Jesus, And any thought that accuses you, and, and, the, and, and the Holy Spirit doesn't give you the grace to be able to repent, is of the devil. For therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, and I'll share this and we'll close. When he convicts you, is different when than when the devil condemns you. These thoughts, you know. He says basically, get down and stay on your knees. You're no good. You've never been any good. You weren't raised in the right home. You weren't done, You haven't done this right. You can't do your job right. And when you're down, remember, the enemy will kick you. When there's one thing happening, it will be one thing after another that will kick you. And it's the devil trying to get you down. And I want to encourage every person that feels that today is to take authority over it and say, no, I'm a child of God if you're saved. But what the Spirit will do when he convicts you is that he will come along, he'll be specific about what you've done that you need to ask forgiveness for. And he's real sweet about it. He's real sweet. He'll say it in such a way and he's real helpful to help you repent when that takes place. So when you stumble, the devil will begin to just beat you up or if something's not going right in your life, but the Holy Spirit is real specific and real sweet about it and real helpful, and you'll repent and turn back to the Lord. God's doing it, and he's doing it in every life because he's preparing us. Praise God for Jesus for his shed blood, you will overcome the evil one if you continue to walk with the Lord. Now, if you're saved here today, the Bible says that the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are saved. We're running to the strong tower. The Lord. And you're saved, but you're saying, I I want to walk with the Lord. Realize we are in a war. Realize we have an adversary that you obviously are the enemy's adversary. He will come against you. We respond by waiting, by praying, and by worshiping and seeking the Lord. If you're not saved here today, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, and my question to you today would be, do you know if you took your last breath when you left this building? Or maybe in this building? And you said, you died right here. Do you know you'll go to heaven? Do you know? Are you sure of your salvation? I'm talking about not maybe, and maybe you've been in church off and on, or maybe you've been in church all your life, the church does not save you. Jesus saves you. But if the day you would die, and you would 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 just that be it? Do you know without any uncertainty that you go to heaven i'm asking that question because you see immediately when you die you go you're out you're gone there are no second chances we're talking about eternity we're talking about eternal separation from god if you don't know god you've never given your heart to jesus Today may be the day all you have to do is when I pray and pray with me and ask ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you and to forgive you of your sins and be your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about talking about God. I'm talking about God, yes, because Jesus is God, but I'm talking about a personal relationship. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. If somebody here has never made that decision today, maybe the Lord has just said, well, I didn't expect this to happen today. But today has happened. And you can feel a tug on your heart by the Spirit of the Lord saying, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to walk with Christ. I want to know when I die, I'm going to heaven. If that's you today, I am going to pray for you just a moment. And I'm available to talk to you at any time. If you need, you feel that you need just prayer covering because you're under attack or maybe things are not going your way and it's been one thing after the other, you just need prayer covering. This is why the body of Christ is here to pray for one another. We're not gabbers or gossipers about this and that because we all are in this battle. None are exempt. I am not exempt. Pray for me, please. But if you need that prayer covering, You can always call me, text me, my number's in the bulletin, or I'll visit with you. There's no condemnation, and there's no shame in that. Really, the shame is is when you won't submit yourself to God. And I'm not trying to bring condemnation. I'm just saying, we need help. I need help. David covered his head. He was being obviously attacked by those that he thought loved him and he walked and he humbled. He didn't complain. He said, "Let them curse. Let them do it." Cuz God has a plan. You see right now, God has a plan for your life and my life. And it's time that we make a decision of whether or not we want to do things our way like we've always done them or we want to do things God's way. It's time to step out in faith. Yes. When we join with other churches, and we join, we may have people saying, "Oh, this is this is not right." No, it is right because it's biblical. What we're doing is tearing down walls and God's spirit beginning to flood in. You see, greater Mount Carmel is going to be blessed and so are we if we'll just do what God's called, called us to do. And I love it. I love it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful day. And we pray these things in Jesus' name that if there be anyone here... That's never received Christ in their life. The day would be the day. If the day that they would stumble and fall and hit their head, or maybe a car accident out here, wherever it may be, or whatever they may have a heart attack. Today, if they've never received Jesus Christ in their life, that Lord Jesus, we ask you to come into our hearts and lives. You can pray this prayer and save me. Forgive me of my sins. I want you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life, live with Him, and take over my life. I'm tired of trying to run the show, and I want you now to run the show. And Lord, I ask you to come in and touch and, and let them know there's forgiveness in the blood. There's forgiveness. If there be someone here that that has never really just walked with the Lord, they believe, but they and they're saved, but they've never really followed you. Never said I, I want to do what you you've called me to do. I feel like my purposes are slipping past me, and I want to play. And God, please let them know that you'll make up for lost time if they'll just bow and humble their hearts and say yes to Jesus. Whatever the decision may be, whatever the concern, whatever the challenge, Jesus is the answer. And we ask that to take place this day. Fill us with the fresh and filling of your Spirit, oh God. Join us in the bond of love, these people in this place. We love one another. Pour your spirit out, O oh God, upon Lighthouse Fellowship and upon greater Mount Carmel and all of your churches throughout this area and beyond, dear Lord. Rain down from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you what, before I we came in and I'll, we'll we'll f- conclude that as we had these showers just a moment ago, Felt like God was saying these things popped up. I didn't know where we it was coming. I said, "Tom, you know it." Tom said, "It was both rain." I said, "Yeah, you, I know. I, I didn't see anything about it." And I said, well, "What it was?" And I felt like I walked away. And what God said, "You see, just as these showers came down, what I'm doing in this church and in the church is I'm raining down my spirit right now. I'm raining down." upon my people right now. There's a stirring we talked about last week in your heart that God's Spirit is doing, drawing you. Saying, I I, I just want a closer walk with Jesus. Showers of blessing are taking place. Amen.